Welcome to Dreams Extrash. Hey, I'm Oscar, co-host of Dreams Extrash, Kenyan living and working in Japan with dreams of being more than an unknown writer. And I'm Jason, fellow co-host of Dreams Extrash, Kenyan living in Japan and tech and art enthusiast. And Jason, what do we do here? Well, Dreams X Trash is a podcast hosted by us, two Kenyans living in Japan. We have lived in Japan for a combined period of six years. Six years. And English Jesus. teachers. <laughs> Jesus is right. The conversations <laughs> are a parasocial look at Japanese, Kenyan culture, society, history, philosophy, and a lot of bullshit that swirls around in our lives. I agree with that. And these conversations are a journey of us attempting to make sense of our lives, the world around us, and us trying to make something of what little knowledge we have. And we do have very little knowledge. And that journey starts right now. you've been having some off days off days days off days off yeah i've been having some days off i had a three-day weekend which was pretty cool but my daughter's one of the kids at my daughter's daycare got sick with corona so they had to shut down the school for a few days which initially i wasn't happy about that but it ended up being really wonderful because i got to spend the entire three-day weekend with her we went to kyoto for for a day then we spent two days just having a picnic at the osaka castle it was pretty nice Wow, that sounds sounds amazing. Here, here, here's an interesting one. So I was listening to Jordan uh, Peterson's podcast, right? And he had brought some he had brought some uh, Bitcoin experts on, right, to sort of have a conversation on the future of money and the future of economics, right? Because we all know how cryptocurrency is it's revolutionary right mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies and the bit bitcoin technology is changing everything we know about how economics and countries govern themselves right even recently the irs has stated that they are on the verge of being able to completely tax cryptocurrencies so people can run away and hide their money there <laughs> so that being said they talked about the function of fiat money and fiat money versus cryptocurrency right so okay let's start with something basic what is your understanding of fiat money my understanding of fiat money i know that it comes from latin fiat comes from latin for let it be Mm -hmm. it shall be it shall be so i believe it shall be so well, and what I know about fiat money is that initially it was based off of the value of gold, right? Mm. Gold standard. So fiat, fiat, it had a gold standard initially, but at some point, when was it? In the 1920s, I believe, it lost the gold standard. So now it's just banks, or rather central banks, printing notes, which is just legal tender. So the only value of the notes is the fact that we believe they have value. They are valueless on their own. But I guess the same can be said of cryptocurrency as well. Can it be saved by the same? Really? Yeah, but I mean, the, what's the value? Unless you believe it has value. If tomorrow everyone wakes up and decides, you know, this means nothing, it's just a game online. It's... What value will it have? See, here's the thing. Um, the gold standard, money being tied, initially, it wasn't paper money, right? It was actually just pure yes. precious metals. Of coins, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why they yeah. initially, precious metals were used right and the idea behind precious metals was that they are scarce mm-hmm. okay it was a scarcity that allowed them to be used as a commodity to be used as a currency of exchange between mm-hmm. two different people who wanted to exchange goods right okay. but then money like handling gold on its own it's heavy uh, transporting it in bulk was a problem so they said let's just tie the the precious metals the value of the precious metals themselves to paper 
So it's almost so you can translate them, right? And then transport the paper instead. So gold is still what is being used in the economy as sort of like what? As a frame of reference, as a point in which everything else gets judged by in terms of value. But people are exchanging money because it's easier to store and transport and it's less expensive to transport money. Money is just lighter. You right? mean that's you're talking about that's the, the case to the present day or up until some point in the past? Up until they remove the gold standard, right? Okay, okay, okay. So my point here is that scarcity has always been part of the system from the get-go. You cannot be able to you can't have just infinite amount of gold, right? It works against the whole principle of if something is in low supply, it's has high demand. It has high it has the high demand or it has more value, right? If you could get any gold at any point, as much gold as you want, then it would render its value meaningless, right? But that's the thing about fiat money, right? I think we both know this. We've talked about this in like long time yeah, yeah. ago. Governments can just print money infinitely. Exactly. Obviously, it'll destroy it'll, it'll destroy the economy system. Because but Zimbabwe. yeah, exactly. But they have the power to the do so. Yeah. yeah. And let me ask you: Do you think this is inherently a problem? Or being able to print money endlessly? Yeah, what, what is your thoughts? What is your thoughts of being able to just print something and say, hey, this is valuable. We can print infinite amounts of it. And we say it's valuable because we're the government. Uh, I don't think the government is the one that says it's valuable. I think it's the people that decide it's valuable. The government just gives you something and you decide what to do with it, right? But we, we uh, do need money. We do need money to survive, right? Uh-huh. And the value of paper money is, lies in the fact that my neighbor my neighbor believes in the value of paper money, mm. right? Mm. Like I said earlier, if tomorrow everyone would wake up and decide this thing isn't real, it will have no value. Mm. So it doesn't matter how much the government prints. What matters is the value that people give to it. Now, I think the reason... Hmm, yeah, same with gold. If there is gold everywhere, then there's no meaning in gold, right? Yeah. Because we... I, no matter how much, how much gold you have, I can get the same amount. So, what, what's the what's the value in that, right? It's right. only valuable because I can get something that I know you can't get. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for money. Money is only valuable because if there's a little money going around, then they're going to be rich people, they're going to be poor people, they're going to be people dreaming to be rich. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not about what the money can do. It's all about the status the money gives you. So then let me ask you this, right? So fiat money, right? I I think the reason why I brought it up is because I think it's a huge problem when a government can claim this is valuable. Like it's written into the constitution that the government has a legal right. They're the only ones with the legal right to be able to print this money and claim that it's valuable. Why? Because that's just the way the democracy is built right so anyone else who does it you are counterfeiting right you are counterfeiting so you get Mm -hmm. arrested anyone else can can't print money but the government can't print money yeah yeah. i mean that makes sense right this is not exactly the thing we're talking about right now it's that if everyone has the power to print money the money loses its value so I think we trust the government to do its job and not print too much money because they've seen the consequences. They learned the consequences of printing too much money in the past or rather by, or simply by looking at other governments that have done that in other countries. Oh, we're and recording so, on Discord. Sorry. Yeah. So other other people, other people, he also, so here's the thing with individuals will have greed, right? Yeah. And the greed is that, hey, I'm going to print as much money as I want. I'm going to print a billion dollars. I don't know if that's possible, but I believe an individual will want to do that because they want to have all the money. But the government will realize that, hey, we can't print a billion dollars because this needs to be valueless if everyone has a billion dollars in their homes. Mm-hmm. So we, we trust the government to look out for our best interests because as individuals, most of us aren't smart enough, wise enough. Most of us don't study history. Most of us don't study economics. So we will print all the money. So I, not only does the government hold 
a monopoly on violence, the government also holds a monopoly to some degree on knowledge and wisdom. And the wisdom here is that you can't just print all the notes. Print just enough to keep... To wait, keep wait, wait. So how is that related to knowledge? Just explain that again. Uh, so the knowledge here is that printing too much money is wrong, right? There have right. been consequences in the past. There have been consequences of the governments, right? But mm-hmm. someone who lacks this knowledge but has the knowledge of counterfeiting will just counterfeit as much as possible without truly being aware of the consequences. Of course, maybe this is a very hypothetical situation because if you if you know how to counterfeit, you should know about the consequences of counterfeiting. I think counterfeiters know, for sure. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so, yeah, I would, I would hope so. I would hope so. So here's the thing, right? When we, we the whole point behind capitalism is that it's economic democracy. You have a vote in where your money goes, right? Your money is your vote. When you put money into a car, a car business, right? Or a certain car company buying their product. You're basically saying your product is valuable. I want more. I will give you money so that your business stays afloat and that you can keep producing more. So essentially, we're all voting with our own money, right? problem here is is that if we're living in an economic democracy there is a problem with one central bank or one central institution saying hey you guys can do your own democracy thing over there and then i so we're in an economic democracy right Yet we have one institution that has a monopoly over the printing of money. And they essentially can forcefully tell us, hey, they can control how we vote, basically, how we use our money. And that that to me, it, it, it's, it goes against the principle of an economic democracy, us being able to us being able to buy and use our money however we want. If the government can just step in and say, hey, we, we're the ones who control it, and we're the ones who tell you what's valuable and what isn't valuable. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm, I wanted to say yeah, so but, mm-hmm. but I think now, okay, so let's look at cryptocurrency. I don't know how many cryptocurrencies there are, but they know they're, they're quite a lot, right? It's a large number. Yeah. So, at what point do all the cryptocurrencies, do all, huh, what's the value of cryptocurrency actually, right? Cryptocurrency people, is valuable uh, because people themselves have decided it's valuable. But and, just like money. But just like money though. But the most important thing is that there's a limit to how many, there's a limit, every cryptocurrency has a limit to how many coins it can produce. So in that way, it has grabbed that important element of scarcity from gold. Okay, but here's the thing, right? So here, yeah, okay, so now, now, now I remember my point. Here's the point, yeah? Hmm? You can't store or invest with normal fiat money. The government is constantly printing money. It's becoming more and more worthless over time. That's why, what's the first thing people do when they hit big with lots of money. They invest it into physical assets, whether that's back into gold or land or houses, real estate and stuff like that. They don't hold on to the money. Mm-hmm. Right? And this has all been created because of the way the government handles, governments around the world handle money in general. And I, I don't even want to get into whatever Wall Street is doing. Those funny games Wall Street does. Wait, wait. So what you're telling me here is that the problem with fiat money is that governments are printing more than is necessary. Yep. They is can control it. Problem? They can. It's more than just that. They can basically control it how, however they want, whatever sees fit to their agenda. And is it totally impos- impossible for cryptocurrency to be controlled? It's totally impossible. It's a, it goes against the technology. So cryptocurrency, right? Blockchain. Mm-hmm. Blockchain is basically mm-hmm. a whole, a huge public ledger. It's one big accountant book and the accountant book is copied 
in everyone everyone who has a cryptocurrency has that accountant book so it's a distributed distributed system right everyone it's like a network everyone has a copy of the same accountant it's a world it's a big world accountant book right if you hack one person's accountant book and said hey this records are wrong i actually have 1 million bitcoin coins the other the other nodes in the network will try to verify your accountant book and say hey no you're the one who's wrong so in order for a record to actually be verified you need over 51% of the users or the nodes in the network to accept it so you being able to like if so a hack technically is possible but we're talking about hacking over millions of computers in order to let's say you wanted to steal 100 bitcoin from someone right you need to hack countless amounts of computers just to change the records mm-hmm. of that 100 bitcoins and put them into your own account mm-hmm. which is just a, a feat that's terribly it's just so impossible it's an mm-hmm. impossibly difficult feat mm-hmm. and that's not even getting to the privacy part right everyone has their own private keys to their own accounts and even if somehow you're able to get to those private keys now hacking the actual ledger itself uh you're gonna hack 51 percent of all the computers connected to that network some of these computers are in China, some of them in America, some of them... Like, the time you try to hack even, let's say, 10%, everyone will know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the network will just deny it instantly. Will deny your attempt. Will stop your attempt. It's basically, I guess... So, central banks and governments have one point of failure, while Bitcoin mm-hmm. and cryptocurrencies have multiple points of failure because it's a distributed system. Okay, 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 okay. So just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The information isn't all in one place. That's it, like with a government or a certain institution. With blockchain, everyone is part of the system. Everyone is constantly verifying each other's transactions. Mm-hmm. So you're both uh, you're both a holder of the currency and an active. You you're, you're basically part of the institution too. <laughs> Everyone is the institution, basically. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, okay. But so... now the reason why, okay, so I I have nothing against Bitcoin, but as of the, as of I, as I am right now, the only reason I value real money more than I value Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies is because I can't use cryptocurrency to buy my groceries. You know what I mean? That might change. So it, it, when it, it does, when it does change, I'll move along. You know. But as, ah, of, okay. as of right now, as of right now, like I have nothing against it. I don't, I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't know enough about it. Number one, I think now it's all ignorance. I haven't been, I haven't studied enough anything actually, anything about cryptocurrency. Number two, it's that that I can't use it to buy groceries. I can't use it to pay for my transportation. I can't use it to pay rent. When I will be able to do that, I will do that. I think you brought up a, a most important point. I think a lot of people understand when you explain to them, they can understand why cryptocurrencies are good right and why they can work really well and create this level of convenience that's probably unseen with fiat money you know just not being able to carry money around everything in your phone everything is digital right people steal your your keys people steal your phone they can't get a hold of your account because it's digital right so there are all these perks and benefits to having a cryptocurrency account. And I guess the main thing is that the world itself hasn't just moved along and accepted it fully yet. They're still in that process. A lot of countries are still in the process of accepting cryptocurrency. The minute cryptocurrency is similar to like mobile money, for example, M-Pesa. Also, we know how, so basically it's almost like M-Pesa. We can do be, uh, cryptocurrency can become okay. So people who don't know, M-Pesa, M-Pesa is this huge. I think it's the biggest mobile money platform in the world. If, it was the first, the very first. I don't know if it was the first, but I, I definitely know it's the biggest. Yeah. It's in it Kenya. It was definitely the first. So it was definitely the first. When when I was a few years back, I was at a Starbucks in Osaka, and I met a guy who was studying a mobile banking system in Canada. He was this the CEO of a company. Mm. 
and when he was talking to me about his business the first thing he mentioned to me was empesa like he he was telling me so to make something like empesa mm-hmm. and he yeah that was before i told you i'm from kenya and they were like yeah, i'm from kenya i know that what empesa is all about mm-hmm. cryptocurrency can re- can be the global empesa basically mm. and it's safer it allows for uh anonymity anonymity that everyone screws up that word anonymity <laughs> your accounts everything it's it's all private it's mm. perfect now no one can watch you not even governments can watch you mm. and that's mm. part of the reason why lots of governments are reluctant to accept it because they know it will mean accepting cryptocurrency would mean potentially giving up a lot of their power mm-hmm. if people take the fiat money and transfer it onto cryptocurrency suddenly they can't tax it taxing it is like way harder they can't watch the trends they can't watch what people are doing with the cryptocurrency they can't issue mm. more cryptocurrency all of that they can't they can do it with fiat money but they can't do it with cryptocurrency money so they'll be mm. giving up so much power and a lot of them are just like that's why everyone de- like a lot of governments have been demonizing it it works against their agenda but i think ultimately it works against the power of the individual it empowers us as individuals all around the world if we all accept cryptocurrency I'm a huge advocate for it. And uh philosophically, I was trying to understand if you would philosophically if you agree with me. And it's like I mean, I, I do, I do like I've said when, it, when the world moves and move along with the world. I can I'm not one to try to change the world, Jason. And that's the biggest thing right now, right? I I think a lot of people are that. If the world moves towards cryptocurrency and everyone just accepts it, everyone else will move. <laughs> Cryptocurrency now is as big as it's ever been, so I'm 100% sure it's here to stay. At this point, it's not going anywhere. Governments can try all they want. People will always find a way. But I have seen—I don't know—I'm misquoting him, but I have, I have seen quotes by what's his name, Warren Buffett, saying that he does not trust cryptocurrency. Of course. And I wonder why he will say that. I wonder why he will say that. Ah, uh, everyone has their own agendas. When you look at the technology and look, there's nothing but mostly positives the only negatives no, no, i can get I think, from cryptocurrency I think, is the speculat- speculative 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 yeah. Spec- speculative speculative parts of it but the of cryptocurrencies you can invest in that aren't as speculative and aren't as volatile in value well i i know nothing so i will assume someone like Warren Buffett would know a thing thing or two about finance, right? He knows finance, but all of these billionaires, how much do they actually? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, maybe that's unfair to say. Maybe they, they maybe they, they don't do. know, but they definitely they have, do. People they have people. They have people. Yes, know. they have people. Yeah, exactly. So I think, of course, he, you're right. He might have his ad- agenda. Maybe he doesn't want to lose all his all his riches because currency becomes a thing, you know. Or maybe he's just seeing the future, you know. Maybe he's prophesying what's to come. The downfall of cryptocurrency because of course we like you and I will assume now that it's here to stay it's going to be a thing in the near future but what if it isn't you know what if it isn't what, what do you mean it, it's definitely here it's like saying I mean, it's that here it's, now it's something to it's me here. it's just as big as the internet it's the, the, here now but the, the, things, things to do collapse things do collapse and the thing is not everyone is accepting the bitcoin the way everyone accepted the internet you know the internet was oh. just good for something to you know to communicate no no know, no 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 bro you're, you're forgetting how much the internet was riled on in the beginning people were not know. on board completely why were they not on board like what was the reason because everyone thought it was like wait so i have to pay these people to get onto this weird network and it was very slow to read news but i can read the newspaper that's what people mm. were actually saying people are actually mm. saying that it's like watch tv online why would i watch tv online i can watch it on tv listen to radio podcast what's all this this is i can just listen to the radio people didn't understand there was a lot of they didn't understand the bandwidth and the potential of the internet i look at the trend of the world i think everything is moving towards cryptocurrency right now the more the reason why we hear so much of it now is because there's lots of people who are getting into it and i don't see that stopping anytime soon yeah i'm 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 not still i'm not against it but i just don't know i know nothing about it to say anything positive or negative about it uh, i'm not well informed on the issue 
I think it's 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 gonna be a great one. Again, I don't think it'll ever truly disappear. It might it might it might go through maybe it is in a bubble right now as people are predicting and it's gonna pop and lots of people are gonna lose money and stuff like that, but it'll never truly disappear. It'll be like Wall Street. It'll always be there. And uh, we're talking about ignorance and wisdom. Oh before we actually before we talk about this. Did you how was the challenge to go? The last challenge, write down one lie, tell yourself every day. I didn't write it down, but I was thinking about it. The lies that I tell people. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was eye-opening because so many tiny lies I tell myself and tell other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do it for myself. A lot of times I do it for myself, but sometimes I do it for other people too. Just to make them... What do you mean, do it for other people? When somebody asks you, Hey, do you like this thing that I like? And I just go like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Because you don't want... Uh, okay, okay. Something, especially even... Okay, this... this, this... <laughs> I need to be careful with this one. But I think it all happens in every relationship, right? Mm-hmm. There's times where... You might not necessarily agree with the person, but you lie that you are okay, just so that you don't start a fight, right? Just so that it you you don't want you don't want to be negative and you don't want to start something negative in the relationship, right? Like this might be something you talk about for a very long time, and to you it's not a big deal, so you just let it go, right? Mm. I'm pretty sure there's all times where we might not be 100% okay with something, but we let it go. Right. So I'm like, okay, so with the relationships, I think we all, I don't know if they're lies, but you compromise in always, you can't always tell the truth in all the situations, especially in a relationship. It's really mm-hmm. hard. So in order to avoid a fight or to avoid the argument, you let things go. Just something as simple as like, hey, baby, um... I want to do this thing with my friends. This doesn't necessarily happen to me, but I'm just giving a hypothetical. And maybe you might not be okay mm-hmm. with that. So, you, but you just say, "Yeah, sure." It's just so that maybe you're trying to be more fair to her. Maybe you've been spending time with your friends, mm-hmm. or you're feeling lonely. So, but instead, you just say yes so that you don't get into an argument or a fight. So you let her have mm-hmm. her way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Technically, you are lying to her. You're lying to your partner. Mm-hmm. But yep, yep. you lie to them because you wanna smoothen out the waves, mm. you know? Yeah, I think yeah, we definitely do that a lot. I guess to some degree, not doing that would be selfish, right? What selfish? In that situation, for example, that particular situation whereby you you don't want her to go out with her friends because you want to spend time with her, but you've always been going out with your friends, right? Or you tell her no would be selfish, right? Even though you don't, I, but is that really lying though? Is that is, is that lying? lying because you're not being honest that... with your feelings. Whenever you're not 100 percent honest with your own feelings, then technically you you are lying. Okay, but, if you okay, tell her let, let, let me that you are let me, okay. me, let me give you a different example. Like, let's say uh, I have a math test tomorrow. I don't want to study, but I study. Am I lying to myself? I don't. Huh? Say that again. So I, for example, I have a math test tomorrow. But I don't want to study for the maths, for the math test. But I do study. Is that me lying to myself? No. Because my feelings are telling me that I, sh- I don't want to do it, but I end up doing it. No, no, no. You lying to yourself. Huh? You have to say, hmm. lying to yourself. I, I guess lying to yourself is a little bit more trickier than lying to somebody else. But that's not really, even the thing with your girlfriend. I don't think it's it's actually lying. That's why I say I don't think that's lying because. You're just doing something that is selfless, right? Because you've been but going out with your friends. you are technically lying if she asks you, you're okay with it. And you say, yeah, I'm okay with it. But you're not. Okay, but what if you don't say, yeah, you know, like, I'm not okay with it, but I don't care. Just go have fun, right? I'd rather then spend time you're with not, Then you're not lying at that point. Mm. Again, it's not a big lie, but it is a lie when you say you're okay and you're not. That's the most important part. When you say something and you know the opposite to be true, you know for a fact that the opposite is true. 
yet you say something that's opposite that's a lie and i do that all the time that's that's what i felt um i'm trying to think about how to explain this but basically really it's it's pretty i think it's pretty straightforward and with the lies i was telling i i just thought to myself the problem here is that lying has become so easy and such second nature that i don't even catch it myself anymore i lie to to ease out a lot of my things that go go on in my life and Honestly, it's only lately that I've become more aware of it and with Jordan Peterson's book or what he says I've tried more and more. I think I'm in the point where at the very least I try not to lie. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's about the big things. I definitely don't lie about the big things because those are the ones where it's like you definitely if you lie about that you always end up making things worse, right? Mm-hmm. So I focus on not 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 being able to lie is too hard i focus on at the very least sorry telling the truth is extremely hard i'm focusing on just not lying so i might not give you a straight answer all the time but i won't tell you like a fictitious like a long fable a white lie. I won't tell you anything like that. At least that's what I will try not to do. Like recently for example, I lied at work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, cuz I I tried I thought ah, you know what? We were sent a message saying, "Hey, did you fax this thing?" Okay. And I was just like, "Yeah, I faxed it. I faxed it like two times. It's not that. I'll fax it again." And I was just like, "That thing has been that fax has been sitting in my bag." for a week and I haven't faxed shit you know and then I I just again I wrote that down and I was just like just fax it it's five minutes you know yeah so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah we've all been there we've all been there the same is true for me whereby the, the lies that I realized the number one is the lies I tell myself right tell yeah. myself I'll do something and I end up not doing it right i think that that's the biggest one for me at the moment mm. and the same uh, when it goes to the lies i tell people i think i've been very cautious not tell people lies so i think in the past year that has been brought down to a great degree i don't outright try lie anymore i mean yeah, there are moments moments when i do, do tell fibs once in a while but nowadays i'm very very conscious of doing so and if i notice if i if i catch me like you've said like like kinds of between after a while it becomes second nature right yeah and sometimes you might tell a lie even without realizing you've told a lie right right yeah because just like yeah i'll just tell that story i've told a hundred times it's going to repeat the story again but recently i've been catching myself then i have to backtrack like no 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 no. that actually didn't happen you know yeah yeah and maybe yeah so this challenge has made me it has made me appreciate the fact that i would actually been been trying i've for the past couple of months i have been trying to not lie right 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 right. like same thing with you i don't think i can always tell the truth sometimes the truth is embarrassing you know sometimes it's painful sometimes it's shameful you know so sometimes i'd rather not tell the truth i'd rather just not not say anything at all you know yeah and someone might say that that's the same as lying you say nothing at all but i don't think so it's not the same as you're not telling the the truth but you're not lying i'm not lying i'm just saying nothing i'm saying nothing Okay, okay, okay. So we started off this episode. We talked by talking about cryptocurrency and fiat money. And as you're talking about that, we did realize, at least for my for my case, I did realize that I am very ignorant on the issue, uh. right? However, despite being ignorant, I I dare to speak on the issue, right? Uh-huh. Not not <laughs> not in a frame of mind to learn, but to give my opinion. That's very ignorant of you. <laughs> exactly exactly right but now that, that leads us to the next topic how often do people do this in their lives being ignorant of a topic but daring to give their opinion on the subject do you do this jason how often do you do this i think i do this all the time yeah yeah <laughs> and it's only it's only 
when I think about it after a while, I go, hey, you know what? I don't know much about this topic that we're talking about. And I'll be totally honest about it. So that when people try to argue with me, I can put my hands up and go like, you know what? I, I really don't know that much about it. So I'm always willing to accept my ignorance on the issue. Because if you don't, and then you try to make things personal, it just goes into a, a heated argument, and then you get st- stuck in this vicious circle, and nothing ever gets done. Isn't that the thing, right? When people are ignorant, they always get emotional, and it, it gets personal, right? Yeah. If I can give you all the facts on any particular su- subject, I don't need to get emotional. I don't need to get personal, because I know what I'm saying is a fact. I can give you the numbers, right? Let's, let, let me give you like a very hot topic example. The vaccine, for instance. Oh, be careful. We might get yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying anything good or bad about the vaccine. I'm just saying the very basic <laughs> truth. <laughs> the fact that we can't even talk about it in peace shows you how controversial it is. Yeah, I'm not saying anything good or bad about the vaccine. All I'm saying is whether or not you think the vaccine is good or bad, I'm sure most people have not spent enough any time in a lab doing virology research. No right? 90% <laughs> of the people talking about it haven't done shit. Exactly. So, all you're saying about the vaccine is hearsay. Whether it's good or bad. Right? Yep. How many even... Okay, let's even ignore the virology research. How many people have actually read papers on vaccines? Any vaccine for that, for that matter. Right, actual medical papers, not not an article by GQ. You know, we no, don't, I don't do that. I don't think anyone does that. No. We don't. We don't. Uh, very we few guess. people do that. Everyone else is on Twitter too busy screaming at each other. <gasps> You're killing everyone. You, you anti-vaxxer people, anti-vaxxers. Yeah. You are yeah. killing the elderly. You're killing my babies. You're killing the babies in our world or in our society. Too busy screaming. It's that. like yeah. So we scream at each other, but the truth is. We don't know. We, you know, we have to bow down to authority, you know, to them, those who have the power, those who actually know what's going on. You mean the governments? The governments, you know, and the, the researchers and the corporations. Yes, they might be lying to us, but you know what? We'll bend or we'll bend over and take that line they ask because we don't know any better ourselves. Well, right? It's reached a point where. We have become reliant on the information that they give I us. Think, hmm. So I think the, the, the last time in human existence that we didn't rely on any one person to tell us one thing is when we were hunter-gatherers, I think. Because at that point in time, everyone needed to be an expert in everything in order for you to survive, right? Mm. Everyone needed to, know about, need to, need to, need, needed to know how to hunt. Everyone needed to know how to, how to gather. Everyone needed to know which herbs and which leaves could help you. Would help you won't heal right uh-huh. no there wasn't just one guy like everyone needed to know something right but right now everyone has to be a master at only one thing right you are a graphic designer and that's it you don't have time to study medicine but you but, might know you might know first aid you might know first aid right but that came with the whole advent of industrialization and industrialization True, brought the specialization i agree i agree i agree right and that's and that's what I'm saying. There is no way for all for people to not be dependent on some source or for, on some authority to give to tell us what to do. It's not possible because everyone needs to be specialized. I don't think it is possible. It's complete. No, I mean, think about this. Like right now, again, back to the vaccine. Right now, you and I. Hmm, okay, not you and I, but other just people generally argue about whether the vaccine is necessary or, or unnecessary, right? And I believe the reason we argue about this is not because the vaccine is actually necessary or unnecessary, just because you're bombarded by so much information regarding the vaccine, mm. right? Mm. When the when the polio vaccine came out, for instance, there was no internet for, for people to give their opinions online and tell you whether it's good or bad. You just took it, no questions asked, right? Mm. But right now, you have all this information telling you that the authorities that actually made the vaccine don't know what they're doing. But there's also information that says the opposite. True, true. Yes, yes. And that's why it's confusing for everyone. Yeah. We can't settle on the matter because we, there's just too much information, right? Yep. 
there's just too much information but even the information we're getting we're getting in bits and pieces we're not getting full information we're getting information from twitter jason yep 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 yeah mm-hmm. it's like a 280 word piece of information and you think you're an expert on on vaccines right now right mm. i think the same goes for me you know whatever i feel about the vaccines it's not inspired by deep deep intense research you know Mm-mm. yeah but it's that deep research that you need to do if you're willing to talk about some of the some of these issues that are just not that see we want to simplify a lot of these issues but a lot of these issues just aren't you can't simplify them yeah they're not straightforward there's so many details there's so many layers to unpack and i feel for example sam harris some this is why i think there's a need for intellectuals like sam harris jordan peterson these people who are so good at unpacking and unlayering these multi-layered problems social social and cultural issues and problems and they're able to distill that in a way that is very digestible for an average person they take the complicated and the, comp- the complex and the complicated and they make it simple Mm-hmm. and it's it, it, it's almost and then when you listen to them it's funny because it's almost like you knew what they were talking about already but you could not explain it yourself mm-hmm. they give you clarity they make it so mm-hmm. clear for you and then it hits you you're like smack mm-hmm. yourself you go like yeah, yeah yeah that makes so much sense this is what i've been thinking too you know yep, yep, yep. and i feel like so many people they they're able to articulate things that we know mm-hmm. to be true but things that we just can't explain mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. and i think that's why they blow up mm-hmm. that's why everyone listens to them right yeah so and so, uh-huh. they, they're the ones who also tell you that you should always be aware of your ignorance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But are we? Yeah, you know, like not not only about big issues, right? So once in a while, I will have an argument with my wife, right? Mm. And after fighting for what seems like forever, I later discover that whatever whatever point of view I had during the argument was held together by nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just an I, I held an opinion that had no factual basis. I got angry because I thought so and so happened. I got angry because I thought so you did such and such you know but I, don't I've, have any fact I've been there some the assumptions that you make Exactly assumptions assumptions you get this one is why, information and now I know everything This is why I medit- meditation has been so helpful just being able to breathe and disconnect create some distance between you and what's actually happening in the conversation you and the person that you're talking with you and your very unconsciousness being that that having that separation is so important so that whenever you you get these ideas of like you know this person isn't respecting me this person yeah, isn't yeah. doing this thing <laughs> that and you're just like hold on hold on hold on aren't they just What's saying happening here? yeah aren't isn't the person you're talking to isn't aren't they just saying what they think to be true the same way you're doing it they're not trying to offend you they're just trying to state what is true If you think they're wrong, just say that they're wrong. You don't have to get emotional. You don't have to, you know, get on this huge ego trip. Ego ego trip, right? So it's it's so hard to do it. It's so hard it to is. do that. It's so hard to admit that you're ignorant sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to and admit. You know like it goes back to the Buddhist creed like most of human suffering comes from your own imagination, right? And your wants. Yes, and and it's like it's that same thing whereby you get a small insipid piece of information and now you think you understand everything yep. you are the one who holds the correct opinion right your opinion mm-hmm. counts it doesn't you're just as wrong as everyone else everyone else everyone else doesn't understand you're the one with the right information you're the one who can truly explain this properly like you know it's really it's really how our ignorance can lead us so much pain or rather not even our ignorance but us not believing we are not not acknowledging that we are ignorant right mm. for you to sit down and say that you know i actually don't know what this thing is about 
how much trouble does that save in your life? How many problems have you gotten in, into because you 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 claim to know something you don't actually know? And it's funny because the minute you 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 accept that you don't know anything, suddenly you're easy, you're relaxed. Anything this person says, you don't worry about it too much, right? You don't take every everything personally, and um, and I really do feel philosophy should be taught in schools. And should be made a main part of a cornerstone of the education that we teach. It should be up there with the sciences and maths and language. Why didn't they make it a point? Make that so. Philosophy is just that thing. Who needs it, right? But a lot of these things that we talk about, it's it's not even it's not about knowing philosophy. It's just being aware of it. And practicing just a few principles, like critical mm. thoughts, being aware of your own consciousness, the way you interact with other mm-hmm. beings, and that you are not the center of the world, right? That's a big one. I think we often so, forget that. There's one thing I did hear on Joe Rogan a few years back uh, by a guy called... His guest was a guy called Ryan Holiday, who's he's a, he's a philosopher. He just has written books on philosophy. Mm. And what he was saying is that the reason why... Was it, was it him or was it someone else? I'm forgetting, but it was some guy who's either a philosopher or written a book on philosophy. And he was he was alleging that the reason why philosophy isn't generally taught in schools is because at some point in time, philosophy stopped being about how to live your life, but rather ideas on how life should be lived, right? Because according to him, when you go back to the era of Plato, Socrates, philosophy wasn't just about thinking. It was about critical thinking. It was, it was about putting these ideas, acting out these ideas, you know, making them a part of your life, mm. right? Mm. But nowadays, when we, when people talk about philosophy, it's not really about making these ideas a part of your life, it's just about discussing these ideas. And maybe that's why it isn't taught in schools. I assume so. I don't have enough information. I think they... Okay. That's an interesting... Like that's, what, that's what I had in, in a podcast. Like, I... I know nothing on the issue myself. That's what was being suggested in the podcast. But there's so many other things that they teach art, for example. They teach art. I'm not saying art is useless. I'm just saying there's so many other auxiliary subjects that don't necessarily add directly to the way that we interact with each other. I think the way we interact with each other and interact with the world, those are the top priority subjects, right? You need maths. Maths is considered the universal language. Wherever you go, everyone does maths almost the exact same way, right? Next is language. You can't, you cannot survive in the world without studying one language, right? And then the next thing is sciences. They bring in the sciences and stuff like that. Maybe IT, because, you know, IT now, technology is huge, right? And then they throw in the humanities and the arts next. I'm not saying this is the way the hierarchy should be. I'm just saying this is the way it usually is, right? It's formed on us. Some that that's kind of the general framework, all right, of subjects. Why, if there's a hierarchy, then whether they think philosophy is important or not, philosophy should still be in there somewhere, right? But it's just not. People even consider it an option. There's a lot of schools that don't. No, actually, it wasn't even a major in our university philosophy classes but there was no philosophy major and I, I don't even think you should be able to, I just think just having it in junior school and high school just basic philosophy classes mm-hmm. make people understand how much bigger the, how much bigger the world is I think kids inherently might have that because they're, st- they're still so young and everything in the world is still new to them. But I don't you learn is... about how big the world is from like history, from even science, ge- geology, geography? You learn how big the world is, right? Why do you need philosophy to learn that? Mm. You do I, so to I a certain. Assume... You do. You do do it to a certain extent, right? But you don't know how it applies to your everyday life. I think philosophy, it always comes back to how can this benefit your own life? How does this apply to my own life? 
And maybe this might just be in the way they teach some of these subjects, right? Mm. So let me give you an idea. I think this is something that I've noticed in my own life. So I took a couple of philosophy classes in university, and of course, taking math classes was it was you know it was a must uh, prerequisite for everything else, right? Mm. And the way math is taught and the way philosophy is taught is totally different, right? When you go and learn about the Pythagorean theorem in math class, they don't start off by telling you who Pythagoras was, was right? Mm. They just teach you the theorem, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I don't need to know the history of the guy. I don't need to know when he lived. Just show me how this thing works. But when I go to a philosophy class, they teach me about the history of Plato. That's, the sad, that's so sad. <laughs> no, exactly. You see, now that's why philosophy, it, it's... It seems unnecessary, you know, after taking one of those, one or two of those classes, you know, maybe you have a really good lecturer who will encourage you to pursue philosophy further. But if you have a lecturer who isn't passionate about the subject, you know, like that's what you'll end up planning. You'll really be discouraged to push further in this in this issue. So, right? If philosophy is about how I'm supposed to live my life, do I really need to know where Plato was born in order to be, for me to fix my life today? But in math, why don't they tell me about Pythagoras in, in math, right? Why so, don't they tell me about Isaac Newton in calculus? They just teach me, the, just teach me the damn theory. Teach me how this thing works. That's it. I think we're not explaining philosophy. It's also properly. Uh, it's also about understanding the habits of your own mind. That's a big part of philosophy, right? Yes, yes, yes. But now I'm saying, when you go to a philosophy class, at least the ones I've been to, that's not what I was being taught. Yeah. I was being taught the history of philosophy. Yeah. I was being taught the various philo- philosophical ideas around the world. I wasn't mm-hmm. taught how to handle my own mind, mm-hmm. you know, how to fight with my thoughts, or rather how to deal with my thoughts, you know. Mm. That's all. Philo- that's all. I I agree. That's all that philosophy should be teaching you, but they don't do it in uh, the philosophy t- classes that I have seen too. They teach history. They teach people and their lives. My Asian philosophy class that I took in university. Quiz, the, the, the tests and the exams were on the people who taught it, like Buddha and exactly. Hinduism exactly. and like some of the great shamans or the great gurus of ancient India when we're not even discussing the philosophies behind them, you know? Sure, there was like one or two questions on the philosophy, philosophy themselves, but I feel like so much of it was geared towards the people and history. I don't know on... So here, here's the thing. Why I think philosophy should be taught in school is that the most important part about... So knowledge is always changing, right? This is the problem of knowledge. I call it the problem of knowledge. Knowledge is constantly changing. What you know today might be gone tomorrow or it might change tomorrow. You know 1 plus 1 is 2 today. Tomorrow, who knows? 1 plus 1 might be (laughs) 1.0. That's just an example, right? But that's what happens all the time. Your knowledge might be made obsolete because the world is ever-changing. But with that being said, so what's important isn't the fact that you know. So you should focus on the way or the way in which you learn or come into knowing something. Okay. So you're basically in this process of always learning. If your knowledge has changed or knowledge has evolved, what you know knew as a fact today is is gone. Now you need to reapply and update your current, almost like updating, having an updating of a program. You need to sit down, update your your framework, the way you view the world, get the latest update, and then you're good. And then you're up to date again. Mm. So what's important is the ways in which you update yourself. The ways in which you learn about this knowledge, not the knowledge itself. And I feel like philosophy really helps with understanding the way in which our minds are able to process the things around us and the way we process things within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Consciousness. That's why I think it's important. Maybe you think different. No, no, I totally agree with this. I totally agree with this. 
It's all about learning, unlearning, and relearning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another important part, this goes into the pond, right? You don't even know some of the things that you're learning. Your mind is constantly absorbing yeah, exactly. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only later on down the line you realize, wait, why am I doing this thing that I saw <laughs> in that place, yeah. like with porn? Yes. It's like, why am I trying to do this thing I saw in porn? Yeah. This idea isn't mine. These ideas mm. aren't yours. And I think inherently when you start trying to act out things that aren't they're not truly coming from the core of your being, a part of you just, it just feels disgusted. There's a part of you that knows what's happening and it just lashes out and it just says like, yo, what you're doing is really fucked up. This is beneath us. This beneath it's us. so beneath us. <laughs> There's a part of you that understands that you are a slave yeah. to these string of ideas that aren't yours why are you letting yourself be chained by this it's it's it's, it's you're stuck you're swimming in this toxic pool of ideas and you just mm-hmm. keep on swimming in it and your body just your mind a part of your mind just rejects it i'd say that core part of you just says no man we're not about this we're not this is not who we are and i say i bring up porn because i guess we are porn addicts right or at least we are trying to watch less porn and we're having difficulties. I don't know. I, I Calling ourselves porn addicts might be a bit much, I guess. I mean, when you're definitely an addict, you're trying to stop, but you can't stop, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like the taboo-ness that comes with the word addict. Like, oh my God, uh, you can't stop. You're doing it all the time. I'm like, it's, not, okay. it's not that bad. I mean, it's not all the time. That's for sure. That would be terrible. Yes. I mean, I, I, ha- I have been there in the past. I've definitely been there in the past. So it's like it was... Not all I'm, the time, but quite a lot. Quite I'm... A lot. Thanks to the people in my life, my wonderful girlfriend, you, I'm a hundred times better than I was a year ago. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot more free in my mind. I'm exercising a lot more. My, I'm, like, way better than I was months ago. And I see, a, like, an uptrend in everything that I'm you doing. You know, like, here's the thing with me, right? I think I've said this in the past before. There were times where I would I would watch porn and jack off five times a day, right? Mm. Right now, if I do it once a week, I beat myself up, you know. Mm. Like I feel like, wow, fuck! What the fuck is wrong with me? Like once a week, I feel like I'm a monster, <laughs> you know. Mm. Mm. But in the past, I was doing it five times a day and feeling nothing about it, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely there's big improvements, but still, I would I would like to put a complete stop to it. There's Not even once, more. Once, once a week, yeah. You want even more improvements until it's yep, completely yep, yep. gone. We'll never yeah, be satisfied. Out of my life, yeah. yeah. And with that, I think this has been a weird episode. <laughs> been very weird. Anyway, challenge of the week. Challenge of the week, Jason. The challenge of the week is to write down, or just simply just acknowledge one thing that you claim to be, you want to be opinionated about, but you don't have enough information to validate your opinion. That should be really easy. Pretty much everything you say every day. <laughs> that's just that's one thing. Um, <laughs> hey, why do you have to be like that, Oscar? Sure. <laughs> that's pretty much you say every day. Damn, Jesus. <laughs> All right, with that, we need we've gone way over time here, way way over time longest episode in a very long time i think me and oscar have been excited about lots of topics yeah, and uh that usually going means around the block. Going around the block today. that usually means it's going to be i can create lots of clips from this but you guys there's lots of content you just what am i going to say you just, just sit back sit back Come yeah just sit back relax enjoy and just enjoy the videos enjoy the videos that are coming your way Enjoy your drugs, you know, your Spotify drugs, your Enjoy. online drugs. Enjoy the vaccine. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 we're all gonna get vaccinated one day. <laughs> At this point, a female vaccine jerks aren't gonna kill us. Uh, I think if they were gonna shoot down this podcast, it'll definitely be the first thing. The minute we mention the vaccine, it's already gone, so... <laughs> so, yeah. that, this will be our final episode guys this will be- <laughs> yeah it's been fun and uh bye bye
Bye bye, Oscar. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. See, hope to catch you next week. Stay safe, Jason. You stay safe too. Bye bye.